Chapter 9. The Interview. After the surprise visit from TNS, my friends followed through and contacted my lawyer. I was confident that they would share with my lawyer any relevant information regarding proof of transactions that were conducted between us and to verify my corporate account and offer any other help that they could. I was so grateful for their visit that this created a positive momentum shift with my mental health and ability to keep on fighting. What felt like a few days after, my lawyer contacted me to confirm he had been in touch with TNS. Fantastic. My lawyer also expressed some concern regarding their direct involvement due to the nature of the case. He advised that it would be best if they did not come back to visit me in Germany because there was a risk the prosecution could create problems for them. That is the last thing I wanted, so we agreed to advise them to keep their distance. I provided some additional guidance to my lawyer regarding contacting the company formation and office services provider to be able to get a hold of basic information like company incorporation documents, tax identification numbers, proof of filing taxes and other documents that could prove the legitimacy of my company and the good standing it had in its own tax jurisdiction. I had to sign some documents authorizing such information to be released to my lawyer, which is perfectly fine with me. My lawyer and I, with the help of my office service provider located in Cyprus, started building a portfolio to provide a counter-argument to what the prosecutor had put together against me. As we were building the document portfolio together, it seemed awkward to me that the prosecutor's office and investigators, who to the best of my knowledge, were supposed to be looking at information in a fair and impartial manner, had not even offered to interview me beyond the very first day of my arrest. I asked my lawyer why there didn't seem to be any interest in hearing my side of the story, even though I was willing to speak and share information with them. After reviewing the updated evidence files further and speaking with the prosecutor, apparently there was some type of smoking gun that the prosecution had found from the files on the laptop hard drive, which gave them the confidence in their position. Smoking gun. Please tell me more. According to the prosecutor, they had discovered an email that incriminated me because in the email I had requested for a warehouse to conduct an illegal action to help conceal the original location of goods and services, which fed into the carousel scheme, according to the prosecutor. The email in question describes a product that should be arriving at my receiving warehouse in detail and states, in quotation, after stock is verified, please have them entirely neutralize stock. The CMR should not read my company details, but it could read the CTS address. I would appreciate it, end quotation. Before we dissect this smoking gun, let's take a few steps back for additional context. A CMR is basically a document adopted by most of the European states and serves as an international agreement to regulate road freight transportation. The CMR document must have information like the date and place the document was completed, 
the name and address of the transport company, the recipient of the goods, description of goods and services, packaging method, the weight of the goods, the charges related to the goods, and any information regarding dangerous materials. Another simple way to look at this is the CMR should match the goods being transported. Sounds fair, right? Now let me explain why the prosecution gets hung up on my email. In their view, because I asked the receiving warehouse to neutralize stock, they interpreted it as trying to conceal information that should be visible. That was being misinterpreted. Neutralizing stock in the context of this business is to remove any contact details of your supplier before the goods arrive at your buyer's warehouse. This prevents your buyer from cutting you out and going straight to your supplier for future transactions. This was a crucial part of staying relevant in the business. If you are not a manufacturer of a product or a major distributor of that product, you fall in between and the closer you are to the source of the supply, the better and more competitive prices you can offer to your potential customers. So the fact is, all the relevant information on the CMR was presented to accurately represent the goods being delivered. The only difference being that I would provide a pro forma invoice to my clients with the updated prices, including my profit margins, and request for the warehouse to make sure that there were no other labels or documents on the goods exposing who my supplier was. Ultimately, when I filed my taxes, supplier data, logistics, and buyer data were all reported to the relevant tax authorities. I explained this to my lawyer as I have explained to you. He understood and encouraged me to prepare myself to be able to articulate that when the time came. My lawyer had also reached out to the prosecutor and was able to negotiate a date for an interview to allow me a chance to explain myself. I also emphasize again the importance of us having access to a copy of the files on my hard drive because I could show additional proof to back up my claims. The date agreed upon for the initial interview with the prosecutor and investigators was set for September 21st. As I prepared for this interview process, I kept my spirits up by filling the time with activities during Hofgang, like jogging some laps around the small track, doing pull-ups, push-ups, playing volleyball, soccer or football in German, and basketball. I even acquired a nickname on the basketball court, NBA. I don't think I was that great, but I had played some organized basketball in the past, so perhaps that gave me an advantage. I was also playing organized football and active on a non-professional league team roster prior to the arrest. So being able to touch a soccer ball from time to time did wonders for my morale. A lot of people in the prison were pretty good players, so the games were intense, and I appreciated that. It kind of reminded me of some of the months I spent at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan during my deployments under Operation Enduring Freedom. During my breaks from missions, I would join others for multiple games of indoor soccer with people from many different parts of the world. It was a mini World Cup. Sports has an interesting way of bringing people together. It had a similar impact at the prison. 
I think it's also worth mentioning that whenever we played basketball, a funny thing would usually happen. It felt like the prison gave us a new basketball at least once a week because for some reason, someone decided that planting a thorn rose bush right by the basketball court was a brilliant idea. As you can imagine, every time the ball was played out and bounced in the rose bush, it was liable to get punctured. My life indoors also started to become more bearable. Having access to a television to see a little bit of the outside world, board games, reading books, hanging out with the other American guy and with the professor helped the time pass. Of course, there were difficult moments, but I had something I was looking forward to, something to focus on. The professor and I spent some more time together and he became a great thought partner as I continued to prepare for my interview. We did mock Q&As and apparently through our conversations, I also added value to how he was crafting the statements for his case. The respect became mutual and grew between us. I also received my first visitation from my cousin and his partner. Unlike TNS, they had to request permission from the prosecutor's office and had to be escorted with the investigators and a translator for the visit. I believe I was allowed two 30-minute visits per month. And they were awkward. We were not allowed to speak about anything relating to the case, and the translator literally translated almost everything I said out loud in German so the investigators could understand. Total circus show. After 129 days from my initial arrest and 81 days from the oral hearing, the day had arrived for the interview with the investigators. I tried my best to get some rest the night prior. I was nervous, even though I prepared as best as I could. I went through the usual security protocols and was placed in a holding cell, which appeared to be one of the closest to the main exit of the prison complex. A dark-colored BMW arrived with two police officers in civilian attire. When I was called out and escorted to the BMW, it caused a stir amongst the rest of the guys waiting in the holding cells. The windows allow for more visibility, so questions and comments like, why does he get to ride in a BMW and he must be a snitch, were shouted out the window, followed by laughter. I didn't recognize anyone in the holding cell, so perhaps it was just some prison banter. I didn't ask for this BMW sedan escort. The last thing I wanted was unnecessary attention. I was placed in the back seat and was able to put my own seatbelt on because my hands were handcuffed in front of me. The police officers introduced themselves further when we sat in the car and informed me that I was being transported to the Finansamt, or finance uh, office and my lawyer would also be present. It was about a 15 to 20 minute drive through the city. It was nice to be able to have a full view of the outside world from the back of the car. Maybe the BMW wasn't so bad after all. When we arrived at the building, we were met downstairs by one of the lead investigators. I was led into an elevator. I do not recall what floor we rode the elevator to. I remember walking down a hallway and being informed that my lawyer would have an opportunity to speak with me before the interview started. That was great. My lawyer was present, 
and we were able to have a brief conversation in preparation for the interview. The great news for me is my lawyer came prepared. He was able to contact the Cypress business service providers I used for my office services, who in turn provided him with supporting documentation to back up my claims regarding the incorporation of my company, my bank accounts, some transactions, and my good standing with the Cyprus tax authorities. Outstanding. My lawyer informed the investigators that we were ready. I was escorted into another conference-looking room, which had the lead prosecutor and the two main investigators waiting for us along with documents and papers on the table. A quick round of introductions were made, plus a friendly reminder as to why I was being held and the reason for the interview. One of the lead investigators appeared to have a list of questions. The first question had to do with the registration of my company and who the beneficiary owners were. And just like a well-designed mechanical clock, my lawyer started to lay down the documents he had acquired and provided explanations of what each document represented as he laid them down on the table. What the documents did not show was my ex being a beneficiary owner to my business, which the prosecutor seems to think was the case. I was a sole legal beneficiary and made all the decisions of the company. I thought I saw the investigator put aside the first page of his questions. Interesting. Team Nick 1, Team Prosecution 0. The next batch of questions were focused on the visibility of the trade transactions that the prosecutor was focusing on as part of the tax carousel scheme. He showed me some invoices and I recognized my ex's company name and another German company I had sold Red Bull and Head and Shoulders body wash to. Apparently, the other German company I sold the product to had turned around and sold it to my ex's company. This was interesting for me and was also the first time I had full visibility into that particular transaction. The prosecutor was convinced that I had to have known this particular transaction happened. In my defense, I tried to bring a different perspective. From a higher level, the tax office or Finanzamt had the authority and clout to access data that I would not be able to have access to. They also had the resources to put the big picture puzzle together. From my lens, I had visibility into the purchase and sale of the goods, and I checked all the blocks to make sure that I was able to do legal business with both my supplier and customer. I knew I had checked all the blocks because the office service provider in Cyprus requested the documentation for the transactions so they could file it with the tax authorities in Cyprus. It started to feel like the prosecutor perceived that since I was in a relationship at the time with my ex, I had full visibility into her business transactions and her with mine, which was not the case. They were thinking through the lens of investigators looking over the shoulders of people. I started to see how a biased perspective could start to formulate. All the questions they pointed towards me seemed to drift towards supporting their theory of tax fraud. Besides, not everyone has bad intentions. I had absolutely no reason to steal from the German government, and no one could convince me to do that. 
prior to starting my business, I was not struggling financially and continued to be very stable financially until my liberty was taken away. It was especially frustrating because I considered Germany to be an ally nation and I served alongside the German Bundeswehr or army and rode on a flight or two with the Luftwaffe or German Air Force in Afghanistan. It was a full day of interview questions, probably over 100 inquiries, and I felt very confident with the answers I provided and unsure of the direction things were going because I was not feeding into the narrative the prosecutor was presenting. At least I got some Chinese food out of this experience. Good lunch. And I was informed that they wanted to do this again in a couple of days. My lawyer felt good about it as well. The day felt like a win. I had a smile on my face during the ride back. We were challenged by giants, and we stood strong, held our ground. We will live to fight another day.